This episode of Ear Buddies is brought to you by the United States Postal Service, which is brought to you by U.S. Postmaster Louis DeJoy. He helps you get the mail, and he helps you give the mail. The USPS. Tim. I'm Matt. And this is Ear Buddies. Because shouldn't two buds talk to each other about music? That's right, Tim. This is a podcast mm-hmm. about music. Uh, and Look, I don't want to. I don't want to <laughs> dig up a bone that we've buried. Mm-hmm. But uh, I would say we d- we did care about grammar, and we yeah, no we longer did. really do. The thing that I would say, uh, Tim, for for you and I, for uh-huh. the past however many years we've been together, uh, the the thing that really brought us together at first mm-hmm. was in fact music. I mean, mm-hmm. you joined a band that I started. Um, and that has sort of been the through line for our, our friendship, our being buds, mm-hmm. um, since then. And of course we have grown and we like each other just as people now, uh, yes. which is, which is great. Um, Super but, good. but it really is all about music for you and I, isn't it? <laughs> it honestly, um, some people say they need, you know, oxygen Food, water, shelter to live. I need music. Yep, that's right. Those things come secondary mm-hmm. for you and for you and me, for Tim it's, and me. It's all about the tunes for us. And so we thought we would continue to sort of monetize and opportunitize our friendship <laughs> and kind of run it through a filter of uh, marketability and and make a podcast about this thing that we care about. That's right. Our friendship. Yes. And music, more importantly. Well, yeah, more. Yeah. Right. 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 Well, you know what? Let, let me let me do a quick a quick broad strokes thing here, so Please. that people uh, know kind of what to expect. Not that uh, you'll know exactly what to expect. There will be twists and turns. Mm. Um, but, you know, what I want to say, and we are making this up right now, but I, I want to say I think this podcast, uh, there are a lot of podcasts about music um, yeah. and a lot that have music in them. Um, but this one, I think, I think it's going to be a, a little bit different. A little, there's, uh, there's a lot of music relates to so many things, you know, politics, culture, mm-hmm. um, religion, fashion, friendship, as I mentioned. Yes. Um, and... Really, uh, that that really is music can be a, a lens, I think, through which to experience uh, or understand so many of these things that are just you know they keep happening day in day out, and it's like how how do I how do I deal with this? One of those ways I think is is music. So t- tunes, yeah. Well, it's just tunes. It's just it is about the tunes. Uh, <laughs> th- that being said. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, ma- make your pitch, Draper. Go ahead. Sure. Why should Hope- people listen? Oh. <laughs> Hopefully that holds up, but I, you know, I think it's gonna be fun. I think that Tim and I are gonna really. We lost some passion. I wanna, I wanna say in that last pod that we did, uh, as it went on, and yeah. and we just want to talk about music and we want to see what the deal is and we want to see what we think about it and what, frankly, what you think about it, yeah. if you think about it, um, how it affects you or your family or your loved ones um, or the world at large. So, so there you go. That's your, that's your uh, thirty thousand feet view. That's right. Let's let's land this plane, baby. What are we talking about today? Today, Tim, I thought we would talk about something that is on everybody's mind. Uh, a a hysteria. Mm. Some some call it. Um, I am talking specifically about Lil Nas X, and. His new song, and a couple parallels to another famous artist named Prince. I love it. Uh, so yeah, Lil Nas X. Everybody knew him. What two years ago? I guess for Old Town Road. That's right. Became the biggest dude in the world for a while. It broke a bunch of records for consecutive weeks at the top of the billboard chart am i right that's right he he blew up blew up and sort of like you might have thought is this a one-hit wonder situation are we ever going to hear from this guy again well he capitalized on his moment and um now where are we matt Right, so yeah, I, I think that was a question that a lot of us music fans had, because uh, it felt like a flash in the pan, didn't it? Yeah. Y- you know, how do you, and how do you match that? Right, um, and he, uh, pretty pretty savvy guy, this this little mm. Nas. Um, I have a lot of did, feelings about this. Yeah. <laughs> he did capitalize, um, and you know, he's he's released some other. I mean, he's released other music. He's released yep. um, an album. Uh, I think one thing we should also say is right in the middle of the just maxed out hype for Old Town Road, Lil Nas X came out as gay. Ah, thank you. That is important to mention. I know we know that, but, you know, maybe some people don't. And it was a big moment. I mean, kind of a watershed, uh, a black hip-hop artist, openly gay, not the kind of thing that is common in the music industry. So, so breaking new ground, which I think made his career even more interesting to watch because there, it was all of a sudden it was more than just a meme song. It was something more important happening. Right. There was some substance there, and, and not to mention the fact that you know we all remember the debate about is this country music. Oh, so boy. he, yeah, this guy. I mean, there are layers here. Uh, he is sort of you know he's leading. Some some sort of cultural vanguard for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, important to to mention that um, because that is uh, you know that context matters for his latest single. I caught it bad just today. You hit me with a call to your place. Ain't been out in a while anyway. Was hoping I could catch you throwing smiles in my face. Romantic talking, you don't even have to try. Uh, Montanero. Call Me By Your Name. The song is pretty good. However, yeah. uh, the video, Tim, the video that came out supporting that song, the music video, mm-hmm. 
is just something else. Doesn't it just make you sick? <laughs> Don't you just I wanna... was appalled. I had my congressman on the line, chatted with him for hours about it. He's upset too. They're all upset. Uh, uh, why, why are they, why, why? What's, what's up with this video? Well, it's, uh, it's, it's a really bold video. It's, it shows Lil Nas X uh, pole dancing his way down to hell, uh, where he gives Satan a lap dance, and then he, like, kills Satan at the end of the video. I mean, it's, it's wild. Like, the visuals are, are insane, right? And, and that is definitely, I think, the point, right? Um, and so, yeah, the, the video comes out, and all of a sudden, there is sort of this moral panic um, afterwards. Can, can you talk, right. talk about that yep. a little? So, all of a sudden, that moral panic has been simmering under the surface for decades, if not oh, yeah. a- actual centuries. Um <laughs> The satanic panic. South Dakota Governor Christy Noem treat, uh, tweeted that uh, this song it basically threatens children's God-given eternal souls. I mean, it's one of those... You could tell me that Lil Nas X paid Governor Noem to tweet right. that. Because to God. It's, yep. it's the best sort of publicity, and it's exactly the publicity he was looking for. Lil Nas X is a genius marketer we learned that with old town road and his online presence is great and he just he knows how to tap into uh that sort of free publicity vein yep and so and so of course of course he got in on the satanic panic freak out and everything went according to script it's perfect Yes, I mean th- that th- that thing you said Tim about him uh you know paying the governor uh like he didn't have to, but <laughs> it wouldn't have been a bad idea to do that. Like that that is that is real publicity and uh all of these people are doing all you know my congressmen <laughs> and uh these you know these these public right-wing in general figures are doing is boosting Lil Nas, his image, his streaming numbers, his royalties, they're just making that guy rich. It's perfect, right. Yeah, he says, hey, buy these shoes, they contain a drop of human blood, and everybody screams exactly the way he wants them to scream, and he sells out in under a minute. And it's it's just, I mean, it's exact, he's playing us all like a fiddle. It's great. It, it really is almost a tale as old as time. I mean, uh... There was a violinist named Paganini way back in the day who people, they he played so well that they thought he was possessed by the devil, and that was a huge thing. It's like, it has never not been part of music. I'm almost bored by it. Uh, Absolutely. What I am not bored by is his ability to market this particular thing. Um, I mean, this particular thing, I suppose, being himself. Uh, with this angle, um, and that is why uh, when I was, you know, I have followed his career and I see sort of, you know, how he dresses and the controversy he courts and Mm -hmm. uh, even uh, with his sexuality and his race, um, 
And that, man, it makes me think of Prince. Tell me more about that. I mean, I can see, I see the through line uh, of Tipper Gore, you know, congressional hearings because she bought the Purple Rain album and was, you know, shocked by the lyrics. Lil Nas X is kind of following the Prince playbook, it feels like, right? Right, right. And I mean, and not that Prince invented the playbook, but again, you know, in in his, uh, through his career, like now, you know, he's been dead for several years and he is remembered, I think, culturally as just a legend, as he should be. Uh, you know, he was a phenomenal writer and producer and yep. guitarist and multi-instrumentalist. Like, uh, he's has earned that. But... What we don't really talk about, because it does fall by the wayside, because it's just a good marketing thing at the time, mm-hmm. is Prince, and it wasn't a satanic panic thing, but if you have listened to, if you're a Prince uh, completionist, you have heard some filthy stuff. <laughs> like, Give us an example. Oh, boy. I mean, I almost don't want to. This is a you know PG-rated <laughs> podcast. But... You know, we know people know the hits. Uh, you know, they know Raspberry Beret and Purple Rain, and mm-hmm. you know all those classics. Uh, but he has so many others, and like a number of these are well known. Uh, let me just give you the titles, if I may, yeah. of of some of his songs. <laughs> I'm just gonna go right into it. One is called "Jack You Off." Uh, one is called Sugar Walls. One is called Get Off. Get off. 23 positions in a one night stand. Get off. I'll only call you after you just say I can. Get off. Let a woman be a woman Uh, one is called Sexy MF. And, uh, my favorite, at least title alone, um, is called Orgasm. So he also literally has an album called Controversy. He literally has an album called Controversy. So this guy knew what he was doing, um, and you know the the lyrics. I mean, he's got one about incest. He's got uh, one about like seducing a bride before her wedding. He's going wild. Like this is stuff that my mom would not have let me listen to. What's super funny is that. The album Controversy came out in 1981. Purple Rain, which is what caused the whole Tipper Gore uproar, which ultimately led to the explicit warning labels being on any album with bad words or whatever. Um, Purple Rain came out in 1984. So, I I mean, Tipper, (laughs) maybe you should have done a little research before you bought that album and played it for your daughter. Where were you? Yep. They just, you know... the the opponents of this get they're just shocked every time it, right. they just have the memories of a goldfish prince and was a known quantity at this point already i mean yes. come on it it is interesting to me mm-hmm. uh to see this play out and i mean it will continue to both with uh this specific situation with lil nas and also you know thousands of more times before we all die mm-hmm. like it's just going to keep happening um so, but I just, I thought it was really interesting because, uh, you know, Lil Nas is also someone who, uh, I would say plays with his sexuality as did Prince. 
Um, and it is, you know, obviously very flamboyant, as was Prince, yep. um, is intentionally courting controversy, as did Prince. And there's so, I mean, you know, the music is not the same, sure. But there's, a, beyond the music, um, there's, it is the Prince playbook. Um, and I just, I love how well it works all the time. It is so great. I feel like, I mean... I guess we sort of got a taste of this this past summer with WAP, right? Ah, yes. Thank you for bringing that up. I want you to park that big Mack truck right in this little garage. Make me dream, make it stream. I don't public, make the scene. I don't cook, I don't clean. But let me tell you, I got this ring. Gobble me, swallow me, drip down the side of me. Sort of the moral outrage, the Fox News, the Ben Shapiro's of the world reading lyrics aloud. Um, it, it, just to sort of call attention to how uh, how nasty they are. Here are some of the lyrics. You ready? Whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. I said certified freak seven days a week. Wet ass P word. Make that pullout game weak. Yeah, you effing with some wet ass P word. P word is female genitalia. Bring a bucket and a mop for this wet ass P word. Give me everything you got for this wet ass P word. I did not realize how well the playbook still worked, but it works super well still. I mean, you think of the year 2020, probably the number one song you remember from that year is WAP. That's it's, right. Yeah. It, you know, flew to number one. Everyone's screaming about it. We're all in an, in, in an uproar over it and everybody's playing it constantly. Because it it's, works. Yep. No, it's incredible. And and again, you know, to to not to belabor the historical context here, but like when Elvis came out, uh, you know, news networks who were who were showing or filming his concerts would only show him above the waist because <laughs> him gyrating his hips was too much. Sure. And sh- like you know, that obviously seems a little r- ridiculous now, but uh, I mean. You got to push the envelope a little bit, and that's what's been happening. And so, when these controversial songs come out, especially from artists with uh, you know high visibility already, it really is uh, hysteria every single time. And and the amount of money that that hysteria earns these artists, uh, just I'm I'm green with envy. I mean, yeah, it's like I don't want to. I'm, I, I'm no conspiracy theorist, but it just everybody's bread gets buttered here, you know. Oh, one hundred percent. Like it, it's it, a symbiotic relationship. It's perfect, exactly. It everything functioning exactly as it should for maximum capital. It, you get, you know, release the dirty song. <laughs> you can spend six news cycles. The next two weeks, Tucker Carlson can lead with it, and. Uh, every it's just perfect it's everybody wins i hadn't considered it in exactly those terms um but you're exactly right and it makes me it makes me love it even more i mean that's that's how the culture works there's a push and a pull you know Mm -hmm. uh right wingers they can have something to be upset about which is the main thing they want (laughs) and you know the artists get rich Mm -hmm. the rest of us have a great time uh I guess watching the news clips and playing the actual song. 
So it's just, it's a perfect system. Yeah, who loses? I can't think of anyone except, I guess, you know, the innocent children. Right, well, I mean, our eternal souls, but that, we will deal with that when the time comes. Exactly. Who freaking cares right now? Yeah, we're having a good time now, so. (laughs) Prince rules, by the way, like. You oh. go you go back and listen to that stuff even the even the non-radio hits. Yeah, man, he was unreal. He like he would record a song a day and like sleep in the studio and just pull the mic down to himself. And like he engineered his own stuff, he produced I mean, he yeah, that's I don't know if he engineered this, but he created the most oppressive uh hi-hat I've ever heard in my life on I would die for you. <clears throat> You know what I mean? I absolutely do. It just doesn't quit for three minutes. It's just... It's perfect. It's a lawn sprinkler. It never ends. It never ends. It's so good. What's funny about... Well, I don't know if funny is the word, but what I love is that he... Uh, so, you know, Prince could play the drums very well. He could play a mm-hmm. lot of things very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, But he also uh, used a drum machine, uh, the, the, what was it, LM1, and it was a big, like a big new thing in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And he would just decide whether or not he was going to play real drums or use this drum machine, which he popularized. Like, he made their stock go way up, that particular drum machine. Uh, And he would just do it depending on what the other engineers had set up first. (laughs) Just, you know, wants to get to work. You you look back, and if you just consume, you know, quote-unquote classic rock or classic pop, sort of as a millennial who didn't live through Prince's heyday, it's super easy to just be handed all of his really great non-sexual pop songs and think, wow, this guy was a pop star, plain and simple. Yep. He's remembered in in such a sanitized way. Mm, yep. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see, I guess, 20 years from now, how we remember Lil Nas. Yeah, like, I was just going to say that because Lil Nas is what? He's 21 or 22 or maybe 20. And I am truly fascinated uh, to kind of see where he goes with this because, you know, the sky is the limit. Um, and I mean, that's true for any artist and as far as evolving. But yeah. like, you know, he's going to get bored with doing the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's possible... You know, for all we know, in 30 years, he's going to be a senator and (laughs) people are going to be like, people won't remember this. You know, you're you're going to have to tell your kids that their representative had this song back in the day, which I can't wait for. Look at this video. Right. That was him. (sighs) I am really glad that he is back in the headlines because A, I think the song is pretty good, like better than Old Town Road. I think. Oh, yeah. No, Um, I agree. And makes me think, okay, this is someone maybe we'll be hearing from for a long time, and I hope that's the case. You and me both, man. Ear Buddies will be back 
after this. This episode of Ear Buddies brought to you by the United States Postal Service. Matt. Tim. You ever... You ever get a letter? Oh, all the time. I get letters all the time, and I'm always fired up because I'm almost every day pre-approved for some cool opportunity. Oh, doesn't that just rocks, doesn't it? That just makes you feel incredible. Totally changes the scope of my day, sort of the direction of my day. I have to drop everything and figure out what to do next. Mm -hmm. And it's all thanks to the U.S. Postal Service, uh, which provides an essential service, wouldn't you say, Matt? Oh, uh, irreplaceable. An irreplaceable service. Um, it's just, it's remarkable what Lewis <clears throat> DeJoy yeah. has done with the place. I mean... And we should we should talk about Lewis a little bit. He has been the U.S. Postmaster General since June of 2020. He banned overtime for Postal Service employees. Uh, he dismantled several high-speed mail sorting machines um, and endorsed uh, uh, some s sort of austere measures to try to uh, uh, cut costs for the U.S. Postal Service. I mean... Hell of a guy, I would say. Well, yeah, I mean, he knows best. You know, I, yeah. I, I trust him. I trust him fully. Uh, he is bald. He has a nice smile. <laughs> he was born in New York City. He's in his 60s. And he's a proud member of the Republican Party. Oh, yeah, well, I mean... And what, Lu and, and what Lewis does, in addition to... Uh, cutting costs and sort of slashing budgets uh, for mail carrying and and um, sort of making life more difficult for <laughs> those both trying to send and receive ma uh, mail as well as deliver. Uh, he, what he does is he, he takes your mail if it says Matt on it, right? Right. He says, ah, this one right here is for Matt. I will get it to him. And then he begins the process of getting that parcel or that letter into your hands. You, Matt. He, he, it's thanks to Lewis that you receive the mail. It is, it's such a, a gift that um, we have someone like that. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, in the, well, not only in the country, but operating the United States Postal Service. He says, hey, you, and he calls over one of his mail carriers and says, you see this? This belongs to Matt. Now you get it into his hands. Don't let anyone else open it. That's a federal crime. <laughs> Don't let anyone tamper with it. That's a federal crime. Mm -hmm. Get it to Matt and no one else. And if he's not home at the time, there should be a box 
that you could insert the letter into. It will be marked with his name or his address. Leave it there and trust that it will reach him. Uh, That's the, that is the solemn mission that he puts mail carriers on. It's day in and day out. It's so incredible because Tim, you know, you bring it, you bring up a, a vital aspect of the United States Postal Service, which is that box. I mean, what would we do without that box? You know what I mean? It's, it is, it is an invention that is brilliant in its simplicity because oh, it's elegant yes it's it's a it it, it is a solution mm-hmm. capital s yep you're not home you're busy but you need this mail i will take it i will hold it for you and then matt you then can open this box and retrieve your mail and then it and then you have it i can't overstate how how life changing that is because you know think about it if if that box didn't exist let's just imagine for a second that we oh. live in a country where uh there is no box <laughs> in which to put letters or parcels <laughs> it would be chaos it would be <laughs> The, there would be letters. Things would collapse. Blowing around in the wind. No, I mean, exactly, because, you know, not everyone is home all the time, right? I mean, no. that's just a fact of life. And and what are they going to do? I mean, they're going to, you know, throw throw the letter in your bushes or, you know, uh, slide it under the, the gate? I mean... Come on. Or, or, I mean, too, imagine you come home from work... Mm-hmm. And you don't have that box, mm-hmm. and uh, they're on your front porch, in you know, sitting in his blue shorts and his little cap <laughs> and his little brown bag is your mail carrier. He's been sitting there all afternoon, waiting for you to come home. Uh, and he, I mean, he doesn't know when you're when you're coming home. You could oh right, exactly. He's been sitting there for four hours. Right, and like and 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 then he hands you the letter, which you know I'm sure you're grateful for, but you think of course, like and I mean, there's something to be said for um, sort of the pure interaction between mail carrier and mail recipient. <laughs> well, I mean, um, that is very true, and that the box uh, does <laughs> sort of hamstring that a bit, but I think. <laughs> I just, but you just have to be realistic well, about the logistics exactly. of the whole thing. That's it, exactly I, right. And if I can do you one better, pal, you ever think about the fact that you, if you wanted to send me a letter, you actually wouldn't have to deliver it to Lewis. You could write it, sign it, put it in an envelope, lick the envelope, seal it shut, Put a stamp on it. Put my name on the front, and then you and then you put it in the box. You can put it in that box for mail, and put up a little a flag or some sort of indicator to tell the <laughs> mail carrier that there is a delivery that that you would like to. Make. Right? No, I'm well. And the process begins anew, and, but in reverse. Yeah, I mean that's it's incredible. It goes both ways. It's like uh, the lake house with Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock. 
which I haven't seen, but I know like that's what happens in that, right? I mean, essentially, it's a, yeah. it's a two-way street because again, again, and not not to keep bringing up you know terrifying hypotheticals, but if you let's say I have a letter that I mm-hmm. want to send to you, Tim, and yeah. and I do, I I often do, uh, I can't deliver that to you. On my own, right? So we no, need some we're, sort of we're, we're states, away. right? We it need would a, take you a long time. Someone in between, and again, mm-hmm. like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not driving to D.C. or New York or wherever Lewis is to give him that. No. That's what the box is also for. <laughs> because you think about, you know, you have a, I've got this letter, and yeah, and I need to to get it to you. And <laughs> you have one option, basically. Well, no, ex- uh, that's it. Because how stressful, too, would it oh, w- w- would it be if I had to if I had to seek out my mail carrier, yeah, right? Sit and wait, wait on your porch, well, right? And then, yeah, exactly, the exactly. Or make, next thing you know, yeah, you've got nothing to do for the rest of the day, but wait until. The guy with the blue hat yep. and, the, and yep. the, the blue outfit yep. and, the, and the sack of the pouch yep. full of letters has to, comes waltzing by. And that would just be, again, the logistics, a total nightmare. It would bring society as we know it to a screeching halt, is what I'll say. It is, it's such an incredible thing. And it, it's, a, it's a service. <laughs> I mean, it Post. is a service, yes. This... this concept of post it's a service for the united states and lewis helps us make it he he helps it become a reality for all of us mm-hmm. wow y- yeah you have to sort of you have to just take a step back and marvel at the whole at the <laughs> at the grand design. no i mean yeah that it is a it is a machine and you know regardless of budget cuts um and lewis's alignment with you know whoever he's aligned with i think we we can't take that system there for granted no there's frank lloyd wright there's howard rourke and there's Louis DeJoy, all three great architects. And Orson Welles. And Orson Welles. I would also all, add. <laughs> all three, all four great architects. And we thank them, but today, especially, we thank Louis DeJoy and the United States Postal Service for sponsoring Ear Buddies. And we're back on Ear Buddies. First ever app. Love that we're doing this, buddy. It's so nice to be friends again. <laughs> it is. We, like you said, a big part. I mean, the reason we are still friends is because we are constantly trying to commodify <laughs> it. Um, which is fine. As, as good a reason as any, I say. Can't wait till we finally open that restaurant. Um, so okay every episode we'll talk about something like we just did and then um, we'll also do what we're going to call a show and tell segment and so Matt and I both have songs to share with each other uh, and with you the listener so Matt um, 
what is your song uh, for today? Sure, Tim. Uh, thanks for asking. Um, my song, it's, it's actually two songs, but okay. we're not going to listen to all of them. Uh, and it is related. Uh, one is a Prince song called 1999, mm. which I'm sure you are familiar with. And the other is a Prince song <laughs> called <laughs> called Manic Monday by the Bangles. Um, and I'm just I'm just excited to to kind of laugh about this. Okay, drop us in. This synth is perfect. 1999. Oh, this guitar is perfect. Ugh. Something else coming up here that is also perfect. I want you to pay close attention to the melody of this verse. Okay. Tim, mm. uh, that was the verse of the song, which is all I, I really care to share. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I would encourage, <laughs> go <laughs> go check Prince out. If you like that, you'll love Prince. Um, <laughs> Wait till you hear about this guy. <laughs> so um, this song, uh, great, great tune, Yeah. Um, was released in 1982. Okay. Um and there's another song, uh, which I sort of showed my hand on already, that was also released, but not by Prince. Oh, it, it was... just hit me in my brain before we That's got... right. You, wow! You know, yep, you know uh, what I'm talking about. And this one was released four years later. Okay. Um, and I want to play it for you. I want to play, play, this, play this verse. You uh, rec- recognize wow. that? Wow. This is amazing. <laughs> I think about it a lot. I mean, I got to be honest, I didn't even know that was written by Prince. Well, until... thank God it was. Otherwise, Prince would have been sued. <laughs> Or the Bengals would have been yeah, sued. Yeah, right. Exactly. Amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's not necessarily related to uh, any sort of huge controversy. Although, a story I have heard about this so many times, that, I, and I hope it's true, although it's never been confirmed, mm-hmm. is that Prince wrote this and gave it to the Bengals because he wanted to sleep with Susanna Hoffs, the lead <laughs> singer of the Bengals. I don't know if it happened. I don't think it did, but it is a great idea. How funny is it? To be this massive artist, and you you just rip off one of your own songs and give it to a beautiful woman so that she'll sleep with you. Yeah, he that wanted sounds, to sleep with her, but no. 
not enough to yeah, write a right. whole I'm new song. I'm not going to write a new song for it. So I choose to believe that that is true because that is exactly like I I would do that. You know, sure. Uh, it seems it's just so funny because he didn't he didn't really want to spend the time, uh, but he. He adapted it a bit, but obviously, you know, the, the melody and the phrasing is essentially identical to 1999. Um, yeah. And, uh, I mean, to be honest, I like Manic Monday better. I think mm. it is is hookier, and the chorus, I think, is better. And, you know, I like pop more than funk. I don't know. But uh, just really fun that that's sort of how that, you know, because both, both the songs were hits. Yeah, you know? right. Uh, and-, and I... I suppose it's okay to rip yourself off. Sure. Uh, you know, it's a little... I mean, he's you know he's busy. He's working on all this stuff. He's not going to write a new <laughs> verse. Uh, so I just that's something that I, I do actually think about, you know, sort of often. And I don't have much of a platform from which to tell people about it. So that's what this is right now. Yeah, Hope you, do, you enjoy. You do now, buddy. Um, okay, my song... Um, you know, we'll always try to sort of tie things back to our broader topic. Um, and so since we talked a lot about Montero, Call Me By Your Name by Lil Nas X, I thought we could listen to another song whose title is also the title of a film. That's a, that's a reach. I love it. You know that voice? Do I know that voice? It's the Ramones, buddy. This is Pet Cemetery by the Ramones, released in 1989, meant to accompany the 1989 film version of the Stephen King horror novel, Pet Cemetery. You're kidding me. I'm serious. They wrote it for that reason? Yes. Oh, that... Rocks. So apparently Stephen King is a huge Ramones fan, okay? He invites the Ramones over to his house in Maine. Um, he gives D.D. Ramone his copy of Pet Cemetery and says, will you write a song about this? And an hour later, he he's like, yeah, here you go. This song's called Pet Cemetery." <laughs> oh, just a one-to-one ratio there. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, King loved it. Uh, another uh, fun fact is this was... Um, so in 2019, another version of Pet Cemetery was released. Uh, movie, that is. Um, and with it, the band Starcrawler did a cover of the song <laughs> Pet Cemetery. I was going to say, I, I, I wish it was like... Green Day or something, but that's still pretty good. Uh, well, what if I told you that it's also been covered by... Plain White Tees, and Hawthorne Heights. I would absolutely believe at least one of those. <laughs> Both, baby. <laughs> That's amazing. I have not listened to the Ramones on purpose since I was, you know, the age when you listen to the Ramones on purpose. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I do. I like them. But uh, what a what a tune. I, that, um, I don't know what to say about it because... No. It's not great. No, it's but. not great. It was um, it was poorly received in 1989. It, oh, good. I'm glad i on the right side um, of history. It was nominated for uh, the Razzie Award for Worst Original Song 
in that year. No way. Okay, mm-hmm. that actually makes me feel way better because I was like, yeah. man, Tim, this song that Sucks. you chose is <laughs> not super good. <laughs> well, I guess if you write it in an hour, you know, Dee Dee Ramone is no Taylor Swift. So. You got Stephen King breathing down your neck. You got <laughs> sort of a misery situation. Right. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah. That's fine. You good can. for them. Right, exactly. Wonder how they're doing right now. How are the Ramones doing? <laughs> are any are they alive? I should check. I don't know. But I just thought it would be fun to do if we're yeah, every episode now we do how are the Ramones doing? <laughs> and just check in on them. You know um, what? That's actually that's not bad. We could we could do it for different bands. That would be more interesting. We'll talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we can workshop this. Uh okay, if I told you that there are eight Ramones, who were in the band, the Ramones. How many do you think are still living? I have the answer well, in front of me. Let's see. I mean, they're they're punk rock, so mm-hmm. punks don't live that long. Um, I know that. Yeah. Let's see. I know there were eight: Joey, Johnny, Dee Dee, Tommy, Marky, Richie, Elvis, and CJ. Okay, I knew the first. I knew Joey, Johnny, Tommy, and Dee Dee. I did not know about the other four. Um, well, those are the be... only four who are still living, so. <laughs> okay, well, good. <laughs> That's okay, then. Yeah. I feel I feel less bad. Um, I mean, it's my favorite way to end anything. So, Matt, <laughs> what have we learned today? That's good. Let's keep the vestigial tale of grammar matters. Uh <laughs> Tim, today, eye-opening, to say the least. Oof, yeah. uh, I mean, I, I, I hope it was for our listeners as well. I mean, it's, it's fun for us to learn, but I, I like to kind of educate people as well. I'm sort of a natural um, educator. Uh, yeah, you're a teacher. That's true. Yeah, at heart. But today, we learned about outcry, about... Mm-hmm. The satanic panic a bit, uh, and just sort of how insane it is, but also how fun it can be. Um, and we learned, I mean, how culture works, um, and how the best day of anybody's life, no matter where you are on the spectrum or what God you believe in, is when there's a satanic panic going on. <laughs> it's so, when Governor Christie Nome tweets about you. That's right. Mm-hmm. And also we learned that Prince uh, wanted to sleep with Susanna House, but not that badly. <laughs> I definitely so, didn't know that. So he wrote, he wrote two good songs. Again, not confirmed, but I prefer to believe it. Did you just say Prince wrote two good songs? <laughs> he, wrote, he did write two good songs. And several others, is that what you... Yeah, no, he wrote a lot oh, okay, more than okay. two, but he did write two good songs. That's, no, that's true. That's technically it's not inclusive. True. I sorry. understand the confusion. No, they, it was, yeah, Thought maybe a we lot of them. to do Very another sorry. episode. Okay. <laughs> that, uh, that's the only two songs I like. Why Prince is him. Bad. <laughs> episode two of Ear Buddies. See you, buddy. See you, buddy. See you, buddy.